to episode two of the Chubby Ninja podcast. Oh yeah. So what is today going to bring? So today's episode, well, still the same day, but anyway, this episode is going to basically be talking about the pituitary gland, what it is, where it is, what it does, and talking about just one of the many different tumours you can get on it which is a pituitary tumour called uh, pituitary macroadenoma. Um, the reason I'm covering that today is because that's what I'm suffering from myself, because I'm at this present moment sat in a chair in a room in the Royal Sussex County Hospital, Brighton. Big shout out to all the people on uh, Ward 10, um, B10 I believe it is. Uh, I want to shout out to all the nurses on there all the doctors and the surgeons, because you've been awesome, you've looked after me really well, I can't thank you enough, the food has been awesome, and so is the service, and some of the jokes and laughter that we've had has really helped me, so just a big thank you to all of you out there, um, if you're listening to this, thank you so much, I can't thank you enough for the way you've looked after me, um, and will be looking after me after my surgery as well, so let's crack into what the pituitary gland is and where it is. So the first thing we're going to look at is the location of it. So um, if you go on my Instagram page, um, the very first post on the Chubby Ninja podcast Instagram page is um, a picture. That picture is basically showing you where the pituitary gland is. So the only way I can really describe, the best way I can do is just read it off a sheet that I got given. So basically the pituitary gland is located at the base of the brain behind the bridge of the nose. It is about one and a half inches in diameter, which is uh, 1.25 centimeters. Um, the pituitary gland rests within a hollowed out area of the, oh boy, the sphenoid bone called the sailor turcica, I think it's called. Um, and basically the pituitary gland sits below the optic chasm, which is basically, um, so on the, at the top of where the pituitary gland is, the nerves, uh, nerves for the eyes, the optic nerves, um, are located, and they crisscross. And where that is, that's where it is. It's um, literally the point where the fibres of the optic nerves cross each other, and between the internal carotid arteries, uh, the sphenoid sinus, which is basically your nostrils, is used to access the pituitary gland during trans phenoidal surgery, which is what I've got or I've done. Um, so they go up to the nose, um, and yeah, but we'll talk about that later on. So that's the location of it. But what does the pituitary, because this is all things that I ask myself, I was like, what the hell? I, I know of it, but I don't actually know like where it is or what it is. So basically, the function of the pituitary gland is um, quite fascinating really, because the pituitary gland itself is referred to as the master gland, because it monitors and regulates so many different bodily functions through the hormones that it produces, and it includes things like growth and sexual reproductive development and function, uh, thyroid, adrenal and gonads glands, deals with all of them, deals with the kidneys, the uterus and the breasts. Um, so the reason that it's classed as a brain tumour when you get a tumour on your pituitary gland is because 
it's basically connect the pituitary gland itself is connected by a stalk to a part of the brain which is called the hypothalamus. Now, together, the brain and the pituitary gland form the neuroendocrine system. Now, this system constantly monitors the glands and the organs to determine whether to send or to stop the chemical messengers, which are the hormones, that control their functions. Um, and so, it, basically the hormones that it releases, the hypo, um, hypothalamus is the part and the region of the brain that basically tells the pituitary gland whether or not it should release the hormones that's within it. Um, now, the pituitary gland itself has um, two lobes, so it's, there's like two parts of it. You've got the anterior, and then you've got the posterior lobe. Each of the lobes of the pituitary gland actually contain different types of cells and produce different types of hormones, so it's not the same in each one. So let's take the, the anterior lobe first. So the anterior lobe makes up probably about 80% of the pituitary gland and it regulates growth, metabolism, and reproduction through the hormones that it produces. The production of these hormones is either stimulated or inhibited by the chemical messages, which are then sent from the region of the brain called the hypothalamus, which we mentioned before, to the pituitary. So you have um, in the, that part in the anterior lobe, the, the hormones that come out of there are human growth hormone, or HGH or GH. You've got thyroid stimulating hormone, which is TSH. You've got adrenocorticotrophin hormone, or known as ATCH. You've got the folic stimulating hormone, FSH. And you've got the luteinizing hormone, LH. And then finally, you've got prolactin as well in there. So they're all the ones that are in that one side of the brain, which is the anterior lobe, which is the biggest part of it. Then you've got the smaller part of it, which is the posterior lobe. Now that produces only two hormones. You've got vasopressin and oxytocin. Now these hormones are released when the hypothalamus sends a message to the pituitary gland through the nerve cells. Now vasopressin is also known as antidiuretic hormone or ADH. It acts on the kidney to conserve water and is important in fluid and electrolyte balance. Oxytocin stimulates the contraction of the smooth muscles of the uterus, which is important during childbirth. So oxytocin also contracts the smooth muscles of the breast for milk production. Um, and that's basically, that's what I got from the information that I've been able to find out about the pituitary gland. So that's basically where it is, what it does, and what's in it. Um, now, this is going to this isn't going to be a long, a long podcast, but it's just one that is hopefully going to help people that are going through what I'm going through. So about three months ago, I had problems with my sight. Um, I wasn't able to see out my peripheral vision very well. My eyes were getting glazed on the left hand side a lot. So I went to my normal optician, had a normal eye test, and was explained to the situation. So they did the normal eye test on me, and they went, well, Mr. Gray, that's my last name, Mr. Gray. Um, so, Mr. Gray, Gray, 
And they said to me, we've found a shadow on one of your eyes and we can't explain it and we don't know what's going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to send you to the eye hospital in Brighton. So I went to the eye hospital in Brighton, did the same tests that they did in the ordinary eye test and they couldn't explain it either. So they went, right, what we're going to do is we're going to send you over to the main hospital, get your head scanned. So I went to the main hospital, they did all the tests and everything, and they put me put me into an MRI scan. I don't know if you've ever had an MRI scan. They are scary bastards. Now, I'm a big chap. I will put, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll put up a picture of me on my Instagram and my TikTok, which is what I've got as well, and then you can see my size. And look up the size of an MRI machine. They are small and they are bastards. So there I am trying to get into this machine. So I've got a cage on my head. My head's too big, so I can't have the headphones and I can't have anything else in there. So I've had everything taken out. Got earplugs in, heads resting there, cage on my head. And they put me in the machine. Now there's a little mirror in that cage that enables me to be able to see a TV that's behind me so that I'm distracted while I'm having this MRI scan. No. Unfortunately, the guy that put the, the cage on knocked it with his finger didn't realise so I watched my belly go up and down for a good half hour and uh, maybe even longer to be fair but anyway I digress so I had that and so we sat and waited and I got the results back and fortunately for me there was a, a hormone specialist on in the evening in that night um, because it also turned out that I had low uh, cortisone levels so he was able to tell me straight away that I needed hydrocortisone. He also told me that it's, he spoke to a surgeon friend of his and it didn't sound like it was a growth. It sounded like, in actual fact, what I had was a tumour. So this is when I found out that I was... I had a brain tumour. Um, but it wasn't until four days later when it was, I saw a surgeon and he clarified, yes, yes, you have a brain tumour. Man, I'll tell you what that knocks the shit out of you badly um, fortunately I had my wife with me so she was able to hear the rest of what he said because as soon as he said you've got a brain tumor I just I think we all do we just went I just went straight into worst case scenarios um, but managed to pull myself out of that funk and get my brain back into gear in that but it was, it's scary to be told that you've got a brain tumour. It's scary as hell. And you can tell yourself, oh, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother me. But it does. You're lying to yourself if you're saying it doesn't. It does. It scared the living shit out of me and I hated it. Really badly hated it. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do now? He said, we're going to have to operate. Okay. He said, next thing to do is we need you to go and see the anaesthetic people. The anaesthetic... I can't pronounce the word. I'm shit at it. Um, sorry, guys, if you hear noises and voices, it's basically the nurses out in the hallway because I'm sitting in my room doing this. Um, so, yeah, so I was like, okay, fair enough. So I went and saw them and they were happy and everything with me because they thought I might have sleep apnea. I don't, but they thought I might have had and they had to be careful for when they put the anaesthetic into me. So I was like, okay, no, that's fine, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Saw them, everything went well. 
Then I saw my surgeon. Absolutely awesome guy. Uh, very down to earth. Te puts it in layman's terms for you. He told me what the risks were. Told me what will happen. How it will be done. How long it will take. Recovery time. And... Um, You have a lot of time to think because because it affected my sight, I had to uh, stop work, so I haven't been working for the last four months. Um, I haven't been allowed to drive for four months. I've had to get the bus because you can get a special bus pass uh, if you're signed off medically from driving. So I've been using that and. Um, it's been tough. When you're used to a routine and you don't have it anymore. And also I've been told I had to I was told I had to stop going to the gym. Oh my god, that killed me. Gym is my like home from home. It's my safe place. It's my refuge from day to day stresses. It's where I go to just be me and focus on myself without feeling guilty. And it got taken away from me. And killed me you know all my friends and my brothers are they're all going off to the off to the gym doing their workouts and i'm just like can't do that and i really want to more than anything so you know it's the case that i'm going to have to just be like well i can get back when i get back it's not until next year it's not until next year but i will get back and when i do get back i'll hit it hard and I will get to where I want to go. But that's besides the point. But it wasn't just me that it affected. It affected my whole family. It affected my in-laws, my wife. It, it was hard on all of them, and it still is. It's still ongoing. You know, it's, it's literally I'm sat in the hospital now waiting to find out when I'm going to have the surgery done. Uh, and I've been here a week almost. So the waiting is tough. But you just go, well, something will happen. I'll be able to know eventually. And so you just deal with it. You just get on with it. But there's so many different places you can go to get support, which we'll talk about later. But just going through that and all the waiting is so tough. Mentally and physically. But then not only that, you start to have to deal with things like headaches. I get a shitload of headaches and they get, they're more and more painful now and also they last longer. So whereas I used to get one and it would last a couple of hours, now I'll get one and it'll last a couple of days. My eyesight is shocking. Yes, you know, it's, I've got tunnel vision and it's a small ass tunnel. It ain't wide. I can literally see what's right in front of my eyes and that's about it. And it's, it's got smaller over the month. So it's, it's scary shit that happens, but it happens, and you, there's nothing you can do about it, so you just have to get on with it, but it's also like fatigue, you, things that you used to be able to do effortlessly now takes a lot of effort, just walking a small amount can knacker you out, just day-to-day -day life can knacker you out so much that you sleep for fucking ages, um... You've got, the fatigue for me is the big one because it's like I can just do one thing and I'll just be like, right, I'm knackered now, I need to go and sit down. 
it fucking sucks. And I hate that. Um, but over time it will get better and it will go away after the operation. But um, it's hard to have to deal with that. Some people, they suffer from things like uh, nausea, vomiting. They can have um, hormone imbalances, um, headaches, um, so many different things that people will suffer from when they get one of these things, uh, when they get a, blood, a brain tumour of the pituitary gland. There's so many different things that can really affect them. Um, for myself, I, like I said, I've been really fortunate. I've only had uh, the headaches and the, um, the sight problems. So it's, it's not that bad. Um, the fatigue, that's crap. You can also get weakness from it as well, which really sucks. Fortunately, again, I haven't had that much problem with that. Um, mood changes, they, they can be a thing. For me, cognitive difficulties, I've had that. I find it difficult to remember things. Sometimes I find it difficult to speak or I forget my words and I can't get my words out. Which makes it, which is really frustrating because you, you never did it before. Um, and you can get angry with the wrong people and you can push people away. And, you know, I feel bad for doing that because I know they were just trying to help. But you get so frustrated with yourself that you just can't, you just can't cope. Um, and one thing that I've personally noticed is I've struggled with my balance as well. So I've bumped into things a lot more. I've bumped into doorways, door frames. I've got a fire extinguisher on the on the wall because it's like I live in a caravan, like a a big static caravan. Not hit that. That flipping hurt. Um, so it's yeah, it's all these different things that can affect you in negative ways, and it's it's horrible. But it is. You know, it differs from people to people, but they are the, the sort of seven main symptoms you get of this. Now, my one is called a pituitary macroadenoma, which basically means that my um, my tumour is bigger than 10 millimetres, uh, 10 millimetres, 10 centimetres, one of the two, but it's, it's a big ass tumour um, in diameter. And fortunately, normally these tumours, like mine, are benign. Um, which means they're not con they're not cancerous, but they're still going to send off swabs from it and pieces of it just to make sure, just to be on the safe side, um, that it's not. Um, now they differ from microadenomas because microadenomas means that the tumor is smaller um, and can be cancerous, um, higher chance of it, and also um, they can more often than not secrete other hormones that they shouldn't be so, to cause hormonal imbalances. But macroadenomas can do that as well. Now, the exact cause of pituitary macroadenomas, it, it's just, it, no one knows what it is that causes them. 
no one can literally definitively go, that's the reason. So it's hard to know that. And it's hard to think, well, what did I do to cause myself to get that? But at the same time, there are some factors that could contribute to the development of that tumour. So you've got uh, genetic conditions. You've got some inherited syndromes. Um, abnormalities in the structure of the pituitary gland itself. So with mine, I just don't know what it is that caused it. But um, it's, yeah, it's just a thing. It is what happened. It is what it is. Alright, so someone's just about to come in with my dinner. So just to let you know, um, that's what the noise is. Hello, man. Hiya. Do you want any one? Uh, already got one. Oh, Cheers. Sorry about that, guys. So, um, all those things can really affect you, and it's it is hard to cope with. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very hard to cope with it, and you can go into dark places. But my, in my personal opinion, the best thing you can do is to focus on the positives. Uh, try not to focus on the negatives. Um, waiting for surgery is tough because you, you tend to focus on it a lot. If you can f sort of force yourself to not focus on the negatives and focus on the positives, it will help a hell of a lot, I promise you. Um, so, I was talking earlier about resources and places you can go to get support because not just the person who's been diagnosed with um, with that will need support, but also the family will need support because they want to know how to support you, but also how to support themselves and how to cope with this. So, the, sorry about that. So the couple of places that I found are there's a Facebook page which is called Pituitary Tumour Support Group uh, type that into Facebook and that will come up um, follow them I will put a link in the description of, the po of this podcast as well so that you can find it that way they are awesome they have helped me more than they will ever know um, I was petrified of what was going to happen I was like will I die uh, thinking all the negatives to begin with it was them who helped, them and my wife helped me to turn it around and start looking at the positives and be like, okay, no, no, I can do this. That's all cool. No, I will look at the positives. I will survive. I will do it. And then other people on there, when I put down my story, contacted me and were like, I've been through this. I've just had this. I'm going to have this. And all of their words really helped me to be like, okay. And then when I looked it up, the survival rate of a... Um, pituitary tumour operation is uh, 97%. That's a hell of a lot. 97% of people survive and have no difficulties. You can't ask for more than that, really. So, my, you know, that is something that is a good thing to remember. So that's that's that place. Look them up. Talk to the people on there. Make friends on there. They will help you, I promise you. There's also um, 
if you want to know a bit more about the pituitary gland and like the surgery that can happen, go on YouTube. You can find some videos on there on the on the operation and what they do. But also, you can go on uh, if you type in Barrow University into Google um, or Barrow University pituitary information. The stuff they've got on their website is amazing, and it's really helped me as well. Um, so that's one of them. Um, but a website that you can go to um, is Brain Trust, and they are awesome. They provide uh, free information. Basically, they provide something which is called a brain box. You basically go on there, go on their website, say you want a free brain box, and they send you a box full of information. It comes with like a, a stress brain. Comes with some tea bags, so you can have a proper cup of tea. I think they're Yorkshire tea bags at the moment. Um, comes with all the different books to tell you what's going to happen, like before my surgery, after my surgery, during my surgery, recovery, um, what to expect after the the months of recovery, things like that. Um, and then it comes with a brain book, and in there you can put down all your like your neurosurgeon, your, all the different people that are going to help look after you, and it's awesome. Um, and their website, and I'll put it in the description as well, but their website is Braintrust, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T dot org dot UK. Um, and then there's also, like I said, YouTube videos on it, uh, uh, on the procedure, on what it is, um, and what they're going to do as well. And that's also how the surgery through the nose works. Because the way they do it is they put a camera up one nostril, and then they put uh, the tools up the other. They cut off the cartilage and they cut through the membrane. And the pituitary gland itself is orange. And the tumour itself is white. So they cut off the white bits. Make sure none of it's on the walls around the membrane. If it is, they cut it off. And then um, sew back up. And then you have, I think it's three months of not blowing your nose. Learning to sneeze through your mouth, um, no bending over. Um, after two weeks, you can do like jogging and uh, treadmill and stationary bike, uh, but nothing strenuous. So it's um, it'll be interesting to find out when I can go back and do all my heavy lifting um, and things like that. So that'll be interesting. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is it's really essential to have these three things, and this is what I've learned on this journey, but not just on this journey of having a brain tumor, but also in like a fitness journey as well, is to have one is to have hope, two is to have resilience, and three is to have a positive outlook. So you need to have hope because hope is like a guiding light that uh, can fuel determination um, and can guide your way to the positive outlooks you want resilience because it encourages you to adapt and bounce back from your setbacks um, and then also there's, there's that like I said the the positive outlook because that encourages an enhancement of overall well-being and a sense of empowerment it can improve your mental health and it can strengthen the immune system just a little bit of stress or a little bit of negativeness can literally affect your immune system more than you'll ever realize but the other things that I've learned are appreciation for life. This is a big one for me. So I've learned to be more appreciative of the life I've got. 
and the life I do have, I realise now that it's like I need to get my nutrients in, I need to look after myself, eat well, eat healthy and cut out as much of the crap that I'm having because I have, I've never changed the way I've done anything but yet I've stayed the same and wondered why and it's taken this to make me realise the reason being that I've stayed the same is because I've not done anything different to get a different response you want to or need to do something different to be able to get a different result but I appreciate my life with my wife more I appreciate my life with my family and just life in general I appreciate so much more and that's all down from this so that's a positive from getting a brain tumor it's made me sit back and go fuck I haven't actually looked after my health at all I'm lucky I've got as far as I have so it's made me sit down and go I need to improve the way I eat I need to improve the way I think I need to own my mistakes and I need the stuff that I can work on and that's that's what I've learnt from that and then secondly I've learnt inner strength and growth it's, I've learnt that I'm stronger than I think I am I know more than I think I know and Sometimes you have to be strong for those around you when you don't feel that strong. Because once they feel strong, they'll then in turn help you to feel strong because they feel strong. The inner strength is, you can choose, life is a choice. And it has many choices in it. You can choose to be like, no, fuck this, I'm going to beat this. And I'm going to come out the other side stronger, better, healthier, more vitalised. And have a more balanced life. Or you can go the opposite way. And be like fuck it I'll give up. Don't care now. Just do what you're going to do. Take me don't take me I don't give a shit. So the choice is yours. That's. Very adamant to me. And that's one thing that I do know. And growth. Growth has made me grow in different ways. That I never thought it would be. It's like. I used to be very much looking into the future, focus on the past. But all that does is just keep you looking in the wrong fucking direction. If you can focus on the present moment that you're in, enjoy it to the fullest, live your life as though it's your, you know, each day is your last day, live it like that. And live life to the full. You, you can't lose out on that way. But also it will make you grow in fact in the way that the way you look at things. Um, the way you act towards things. <clears throat> Life is short. And I've you know, I used to get really wound up about the little things. But it's like why do that? Because I can't control those little things. And me getting upset about it ain't gonna change it. It's still gonna be the same when I've stopped having my hissy fit. Like a little bitch. So I've grown in the way that I'm like, mm, whatever. It's what it is. Don't care anymore. A different outlook on life is what I've gained from this. And that's how I've had my personal growth. So just to end this podcast, I just wanted to say, if you're going through this journey too, 
I just want to offer you some words of inspiration and encouragement. Remember, you are not alone. Seek support from your loved ones, professionals, support groups, even me. I'm there for you and want to message you and be there for you and help you through this because I know how tough it is and how shit it is. Just take one day at a time and take little steps. But remember to celebrate the small victories as though they're big victories because they are and they all add up to even bigger victories. Embrace self-care practices. And remember, you have the strength within you to overcome the challenges you're facing or about to face and going to face. Stay hopeful, resilient and positive. Believe in yourself and your ability to move forward and create a happier and brighter future for yourself. You've got this. You've got complete and utter support everywhere. I'm here for you myself. I'm here for anyone that needs that support. And I hope that you will you'll get in touch with me and talk to me and tell me the different things that you need from me. And I'm sorry that you've been diagnosed with this brain tumour of any type. And just, but like I said, just remember you're not alone. We're here for you. Use us. And I hope that you get better soon and I hope the surgery all goes well. And let me know your story, man. I just... Yeah, ladies and gents, please just get in touch with me and tell me your stories. I'd love to have you maybe write it down or contact me or even get you up on one of the um, podcasts and get you talking and interview you. I'd love that. So just let me know, talk to me, let me know the outcomes and everything. And I hope that we can continue to do this and continue to support each other and continue to have great times and great learning. And I look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast. And I thank you all for it. And just big love to you all. And yeah, thanks again from the Chubby Ninja. All right, guys. Peace out. Cheers, guys.